Yo, what's good, Montreal? I mean, really, what is going on? Welcome to episode six of Behind the Founder podcast. My name is Jonathan Margell, and I am your host this morning, afternoon, or evening. Boy, oh boy, do we have an episode in store for you today. Yes, we have Michael Wilk joining the podcast. We're going to get into real estate. We're going to get into property management. We're going to get into condo management. You are going to hear me combing through, picking through the young mind of an amazing entrepreneur in Montreal who's absolutely crushing it. Also in store for you today, some amazing beats from my boy at Captain Kaplan. I mean, what a jam this is. I can't listen to it loud enough in my ears right now. I love this podcast. I love this beat. I love our guest. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Everyone calm down. I'm not going to lie. That took a lot of energy out of me. I'm going to need to slow it down for a minute. I'm very excited about what I'm about to begin. A series of interviews, one-on-one. The Buds with the Buds. Covering some very interesting topics. Some content that's near and dear to my heart and my business. And in my wheelhouse. Let's get into it. Mike is such a good dude. We have known each other for several years now. We connect on another level. So many common interests. The sneakers. The sports. We're working out at the same gym. A couple yids that know how to eat in Montreal. Do you know what I mean, bro? I am so happy that Mike agreed to jump on the show, get into the podcast, chop it up, and you're going to enjoy it. I am really looking forward to this week's episode. We have so many great questions and a great conversation to share with you today. Let's just get into it. But first, Captain Kaplan, take it away, baby. One more time. Let's go. Welcome back to episode six of Behind the Founder podcast. Let's get Mike Wilk on the horn. Yo, bro, welcome to Behind the Founder podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if, if I mentioned to you already, but I'm at the beginning of a mini series talking with a few of my favorite next level entrepreneurs. And I wanted to kick things off with you, my man. All right, all right, all right. Uh, you're such a great dude. Uh, I mean, uh, someone I respect and ad- admire very much. You're you're killing it across all aspects of, of your life. Love bumping into you at the gym, on the streets, chit-chatting, keeping in touch. Uh, thanks again for, for jumping on the podcast, Mike. It's an absolute honor. I'm so happy to be doing this. I mean, every time we see each other, it's just like 
you know, talk, 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 talk. So we might as well get it out to the people. <laughs> That's very well said. Um, let's start off easy. Introduce yourself to the listeners. You got it. My name is Mike Wilk. I am uh, president, founder of Wilkar Property Management, more importantly, father of two. Uh, born and raised in Montreal, and I uh, love chit-chatting with everyone about anything that has to do with Montreal, real estate, sports, collectibles, so I'm so excited to do this with you. You set the table perfectly, by the way. It's uh, it's almost like I gave you the notes before the test, eh? <laughs> Swear to God, I knew nothing. So you uh, you spoke about Wilcar. Let's start there. Uh, why Why did you decide to get into real estate? You know what I started when I graduated? It's funny. I graduated university and I started my career at like at Accenture, which is one of the biggest consulting firms in the world. And you know, doing these large uh, IT project, traveled the world a bit, which I loved. But there was something so not tangible about what I was doing. It was I was such a small pea in such a big pod. So I wanted I needed something tangible. I wanted to see the 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 fruits of my labor to actually see the results of some of the things that I was doing, which I wasn't getting there and always had a passion for real estate uh, um, and figured that I could sort of bridge this sort of experience I had at Accenture and this project management with real estate and came up with why not be sort of a pioneer in real estate management, which was always considered a sort of, mundane sort of nobody wants to do kind of business and try and bring some technology and a little bit of excitement into it. And, uh, and that's where it came from. When did you start the company? It was 2006. Yeah. We just celebrated our 14th anniversary actually on May 5th, I think it was. So would, would you say that you were one of the, the first young property managers starting from scratch, uh, early two thousands? I would say, yeah, um, especially because I decided that I was going to take a focus on the condo market, which in 2006 was really budding. It wasn't like it is today. Um, so it was sort of like a new, I don't want to say new because condos have been around obviously in Montreal since the early 80s, but it really started to explode early 2000s. And so that was my focus. I figured that's where I was going to go with it. Um, and definitely there was the people that I had seen and the people that I was taking contracts from right away were definitely of, of, of an older generation. That's, that's fascinating. I love that. So what, what makes Wilcar better than another condo management, another real estate management company? I mean, you, you definitely had a head start, uh, coupled with your youth, coupled with your desire to use technology and, and more modern tools and practices. That's it. How do you still get to say that the, the Wilcar is the best condo management company in the city, which I think it is? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Not biased, of course. But um, um, for me, it's, it's, there's like a several aspects to condo management that are key. And one of the things that I always said is you want to always seem like you're on the forefront because that gives people this, like, again, a sense of pride in their home. They're like happy to show everyone, look at what my condo has and they'll whip out their phone and show the app. They think that that's like, it creates that sense of pride. Um, and so technology is huge. And as we grew, we realized that technology was not only this sort of fun thing for people to have, but we, we leveraged it so much in order to, to um, ensure that we were as efficient as possible, as tight as possible, 
we were probably one of the first ones to put in service level agreements into condo management, into our contracts. I don't think anyone's even doing it at the moment, but we have SLAs on how quickly we'll respond to uh, certain types of requests. Uh, someone's moving out or moving in or needs a new intercom programming. We have SLAs on all that, which no other property manager does. And then aside from all that stuff, there's always, always, always been this sense of community. So a condo is, it's a different little animal, right? And you want to create this sense of community amongst all of its residents, which makes it, one, easier to manage because people become friendlier and they take more pride in their home. Um, but it makes the property management firm seem less like um, the, the, the big bad property manager who's just taking your condo fees or your rent. And that's historically what condo managers or property managers are. Like a tax, the condo tax. Yeah, yeah. We're, they're, just, we're just, taking, they're just taking your money. So we try and create a community whereby they know some of the people will send, you know, COVID is a perfect example. Like you try and think of every, I think as a business owner and a founder, one of the things that I tried to do is find positive in all this. And one of the things that was huge for us was creating that sense of community, which meant communicating with the people, giving them the information they need, making them feel like they're safe at home, uh, giving them things that they can do while at home. We asked for people to send us pictures of their home office and then we, we would sort of share that. Um, and we asked for all sorts of things that, you know, nobody else was doing, you know, and, and we just wanted to really, you know, bring people together, especially in harder times, like, like, you know, back in March and April, which was pretty tough for a lot of people. Can you give a couple more examples? Cause that, that sound, sounded very interesting. I'd, I'd love to hear some of the, the differentiating things. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, we, you know, some of the, one of the things that we created, you know, pretty early on, was a task force internally that was responsible for all the communications that went out. Now, typically, you know, when you communicate with condo owners, uh, you know, things have to be approved before they go out and all that. And we said to our, we said to our uh, boards of directors, every condo has a board of directors, and they're the sort of the governing body, and we work with them, that we're not going to get everything approved. You have to trust us. We have a task force. We're working with legal counsel to make sure that everything is handled properly on your behalf. A lot of them appreciated it. There's a couple that didn't, but we got over that. Um, so this task force was really meant to not only share the important information, like when pools were being closed and when lounges were, you know, were, were closing down and all this stuff that people love about their condo buildings that was no longer available. We didn't just say closed as of 8 a.m. COVID. You know, we created a whole narrative around it, explained to the people you know, said that we're available for questions, responded within two hours to every question that came in. So people felt like they had this, they, someone had their backs, quote unquote, and someone was really looking out for them. Um, so we really took that off. We saw it as an opportunity and we said, we need to create positive out of this. And then some of the other things we offered right away to our, to our buildings was, you know, extra cleaning services, hand sanitizers. So we, you know, some of our people were very selfless. They, you know, got the masks, got the gloves, got the shields, did whatever they have to do. And we're in the buildings every day, installing sanitizers, installing, you know, everything that needed to be done. And every time they walked into the building, they got thank yous. You guys are doing so great. Thank you for communicating. Thank you for doing all this stuff. Um, and we made sure that everything was being followed, the rules and regulations, so that everyone was safe and, uh, and happy. It was a big thing for us. It was a big shift in our, in the way we, in the way we worked. And I'm really proud of uh, the team, the way they came together. 
I'm so happy to hear that. And also, when we're off air, you need to give me the plug for the uh, the mass and the shield and, and all that good stuff, eh? <laughs> oh, you got it. I, my, my garage is half loaded with hand sanitizer at the moment, but don't don't tell anyone. So I'm curious, outside of your company, and let's talk about the space uh, in general, have you noticed any trends, any changes in, in real estate and property management? You can focus on, on Montreal, Quebec, whatever is, is most interesting. For me, there's a lot, a lot of young entrepreneurial guys that are trying to, especially for the condo stuff, trying to target a lot of um, the, new, the new needs, I call them. Like the Quebec government finally woke up and is modifying a lot of the rules and regulations of how condos are governed. And that comes with a lot more need for technology. And so I was having this discussion with a few people and, and I said, I think truly that the future of property management is not the property management companies themselves, but rather the technology, the softwares, everything that's going to support these property management and the property managers and the management companies, because I think that given these new rules and regulations and everything that's coming in, and I know that the, the, the markets that, you know, I've traveled, you know, obviously I travel and I speak to people in Miami, New York, I consider Miami, New York, Toronto, and Vancouver, the condo markets. So they're always ahead of what, what most everyone else is doing. So we're playing catch up. So all these rules and regulations have been in place for some time in those large markets and we're catching up. And so our technologies are catching up and you're seeing some young entrepreneurial guys come up with some really interesting applications that are meant to, one, help the property managers to fulfill the needs of these new government regulations. So I really think that the trend is going towards these applications, these softwares that are going to assist and help and, uh, and make property management. Uh, bring, it's, it's historically been a very slow adopter of property management to software, especially in the condo market. A hundred percent. And so now, now it's coming. I mean, you know better than anyone. So. And I, I, I have to say, if you have any, any good ideas or anyone's approach to you, you let me know about what you like. We'll build it and you'll have it in your hands in no time. So never forget that. Yes, yes. We're loving, we're loving your, another part of what we're doing is we're building out like one of the needs actually in condo management um, is that in Montreal specifically, there's just, and in all the large markets is these towers that are going up are not really inhabited by the owners themselves, but they buy them, they rent them out to tenants. And so that's a huge, huge opportunity for us as we're starting to grow and manage these large towers downtown. And we identified right away that need to offer the rental rental management service for these specific units. And obviously came to my boy over here and, uh, so far, so good. It's about time. It's about time. We're using that beautiful building stack software and it's just, it's gorgeous. We love it. I'm going to get you uh, the t-shirt and the hat in the uh, in the mail right after the podcast, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. And some eggs, but we'll talk about the eggs next time. <laughs> <laughs> They're not ready for the eggs. They may have an idea, but uh, we'll get into that soon. I want a special, our offices are, you know, a few blocks away from each other. So I need a special delivery once everything gets back. Some of those Beautiful, bright yellow yolked eggs. And bring your baseball mitts so that I can give a nice soft toss six feet away, clean, safe, no problem. (laughs) Always abiding by the rules. (laughs) So I'm curious if if you were to, to predict what you think would happen, property management, condo management, six months from now, one year from now, do you have a couple things that you're convinced will happen that that was not the case in the past? 
I th- yeah, I do think that the the whole the, the whole COVID pandemic thing will probably flush out some of the small players. Now, one of the things in, in specifically condo management is that there's really there's still very little barrier to entry, much more than in 2006. 2006, I was a guy that really knew nothing about anything and just sort of grabbed one building, 100 units, and was off to the races and learned it all by myself. Now there are some barriers to entry, but still very low. You can literally get a property management, condo management specifically, uh, business off, off the ground with little to no capital. So I think that this COVID pandemic shone, shone a light on those people that aren't really weren't able to handle it. Because if, if we really work like dogs and we put together a task force and really did everything properly, there's no way that our competition with, with you know, one man shows, the, the mom and pops type, there's no way they were able to handle it. And so I think that there's going to be sort of a dropout of a lot of the little players uh, who realize that they can't make money in the business if they don't have the proper setup. And so I think that uh, there'll be a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of calls to some of the bigger companies. Um, and I do think that a lot of these, the bigger companies are, will, will have realized that the technology is, is where it's going. Just a perfect example of that is condo meetings, these annual meetings that typically people hate going to. Our gatherings that could be anywhere we have you know smaller buildings so 50 60 people all the way up to like we've rented new city gas which is a huge like club place for what for condo meetings no of like seven eight hundred people what well the buildings themselves are you know 500 units and then each all the owners are coming yeah a lot of people show up holy shit and so we rent out <laughs> new city gas which is like anyone from montreal knows what new city gas is. did so. you get bottle service <laughs> with the sparklers exactly i holy. was running up and down the aisles with the sparklers so um <laughs> so uh yeah so those meetings obviously with the pandemic can't happen anymore so there was tons of guys scrambling for technology to create these virtual meetings where you can do basically zoom type meetings, but have, you know, more control and some more uh, features and stuff like that, that make it an actual condo meeting. So it calculates your attendance and lets people ask questions, blah, blah, all sorts of stuff like that. So I think a lot of the big players in the prime, the condo management in Montreal realize, wow, we need to, if we don't have it already, we really need to get on the technology thing. So I think that there's going to be a push to that. Glad to hear it. Wild card question. If there was something that you wish that the average tenant or condo owner uh, knew about what it was like being a landlord, I mean, the name literally means the Lord of the land. No one loves the <laughs> Lord of the land. Um, you know, what, what do you think that the average tenant or condo owner needs to understand uh, that they maybe don't, don't understand right now or that's a, for me, that's, I think, pretty easy. I think that in condos, it's very specific. The property manager doesn't actually make any decisions that aren't regular and normal you know, business. You know, obviously, we don't need approval to have the elevators maintained or the generator checked and all that stuff. But anytime there's something that's out of the ordinary, it's not us that gets to make the decision. That's what these boards of directors do. And we just wish that the residents themselves understood that these decisions, you know, because they most of the time they don't like the decisions being made because it goes against something that they want or need or whatever. For sure. 
then they blame us and where do they and a lot of them jump on Google leave a little review <laughs> I hate Wilcar they close both elevators for major renovations exactly by the way at the beginning of pandemic we got like three four negative reviews because we were one of the first we told our board's directors you need to close your pools close your lounges we were we did it before the government even and then two days later the government said that all needs to be closed but we did it two days before the government and that we went out on a limb to do that and we got a lot of hate by the way a lot of hate and we got like you know four or five you know one star reviews on Google saying Wilcar closed our pool Wilcar did this Wilcar and then they don't retract it <laughs> that's out there for the world did you reply I I reply on Google to every negative review that's justified or true and I reach out personally and I make the calls and I, I track down the people I get their phone number I call and I always settle the matter um, it's good yeah it's happy to hear that. part of the policy I mean you got to do it right and I actually don't mind doing it because it gives me a little bit of insight also at the same time um, it, it becomes a lesson learned so I don't mind it is it ever total schmutz or total nonsense or, or there's usually something most of the time very schmutzy most of the time extremely very dirty schmaltz schmaltzary schmaltzy schmutzy <laughs> anything you can think of Yes. <laughs> not, not very into Yiddish. <laughs> before, before we get to the fun stuff, I had one question. Uh, I was actually curious. So I, I can imagine that, that you're often looking to invest in properties yourself. Uh, maybe you have already. I'm, I'm actually not sure. So I, I'll need a reminder. Um, but let's say that you're looking to buy now. And I'm sure your eyes are always open. What are you looking for in a property in the opportunity, you know, that, that really gets gets everything going for you? Yeah, so obviously, yes, I've been lucky enough that uh, I have, you know, over the last few years acquired some, you know, I, and with partners always, when I do the acquisition, it's always with partners and groups of guys that I enjoy or, or have confidence in. And we tend to buy things, I mean, it's, I'm giving you, and not, I'm not giving you any secrets here, but for us, it's always location. So, you know, around universities, depending what cool shops or whatever trendy areas. So in Montreal, you know, my last acquisitions were one was on Notre Dame street across the street from Arthur's. So it's got a little bit of a commercial aspect and a residential aspect. I love that about properties when there's the mixed use, obviously. Um, and you know, one right on Prince Arthur street in the McGill ghetto, which had a back lot that we envisioned where we could build six, seven more units, which we just completed. Although, don't know if students are coming back to school in September, but we designed it. It's going to be a minute. Yeah, and we designed the units to be shared. <laughs> like, we built larger units so that, like, you know, a bunch of people from Toronto coming to Montreal to McGill can each have a room in a space, you know, like, so sort of our own little Airbnb situation. Um, and, yeah, so obviously it's location, but key to either trendy universities, that type of stuff that I really like. And right now, um, I, my, my, my feeling also was I, I've done a few flips, home flips, in, in also so, sort of higher-end uh, areas in Montreal, so Westmount NDG. Um, I'm looking at that because I'm feeling like home prices are going to definitely come down anywhere from 3 to 5% off where they were and maybe even more as time goes on. I think this is a time thing also. It's not going to be like tomorrow, but in 
six months and then nine months, every three months sort of reevaluate that and see where it's at that. But I think that there might be some opportunities to get in, do the flip, and in six months, maybe come out of it. We'll see. I don't know. That's some great knowledge that you're sharing with the beautiful people. So I, I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. It's uh, super interesting. My pleasure, guy. So let's get into some fun stuff. A few rapid fire questions. Uh, what are your favorite sports teams? Oh, man. Right now, Montreal Canadiens, who, by the way, just made the playoffs, if you didn't hear that. The playoffs. <laughs> the playoffs. The playoffs? Oh, I'm betting for sure on the Habs. I saw, I saw it was 30,000 to one for them to win the Stanley Cup. They might sneak by Pittsburgh. Bet 100 bucks to win $30,000. I would do it. For sure you would do it. Everyone should do I'm it. I'm going to do it. And then the, uh, then the lines will go down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so obviously Habs, that goes without saying. Big Chicago Bears fan ever since because, you know, when they won the Super Bowl back in the 80s, I was at that age. I was like eight, nine years old, Jim McMahon. Like, it was the whole thing, right? So love the Bears. Uh, Habs, Raptors, obviously. Raptors. Any baseball still? Uh, I do not. The, you know, when the Expos left Montreal, I was so, I was a huge Expos fan. I mean, we used to go to tons of games. We would sit there all alone in the stands, pretty much through the bad years for five bucks. Yeah, and have dollar hot dogs on Monday night. Oh it was God. wonderful. One of my best memories of all time, though, was up. In at the YCC country camp, we were senior CITs. The, the, the Spos were playing the Braves in 94, and it was a four game series. And we were, and we managed to rig up a TV inside our tent that caught the signal. And we were like, you know, 18 guys in this sweltering hot tent watching. And I, I don't remember if it was Larry Walker, Moises Alou, I, I think it was Alou. Alou in the ninth Moises. inning. Yeah. <laughs> Moises Alou. I think it was ninth inning. Wow. Almost like a walk-off in game three of that four-game series. And we jumped ahead of the Braves to be first in the stand in the standings. And I'll, I'll never forget it. We were jumping on top of each other. It had to have been 18 of us in this little tent. Probably 110 degrees in the tent. Wow. And I remember it, watching on this little hanging TV hanging from the tent in black and white. Maybe the TV was eight inches. Did you put the tinfoil on there too? Had to have been. I don't know. Little tinfoil. I don't even know who rigged it up, how we got the connection. It was like in the middle of nowhere, right? We're in the middle of the, like the woods in the northern the Laurentians of Quebec. It's funny you, you said that or brought that up because I was just going to ask you the most memorable sporting event that you attended, but this is a pretty good uh, segue from that. Yeah, that's definitely most one of the most memorable sporting moments. Attended, I, I, I was at the last game at the forum uh, when they announced, like they brought out all the old players and the Rocket got that crazy ovation. It was like a 20-minute standing ovation that is, if you look it up to this day, is like one of those epic moments in Montreal. So I remember I was at that last game at the forum and uh, I'll never forget that ovation for the Rocket. It was unbelievable. This is a little bit ahead of my time, but but I, yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I think mo- most of my mem- memories were made at at the Bell Center and Molson Center. Yeah, yeah. But that's a that's a good one. Keeping it local, I like that. Very good, yeah, very good. I don't know, but I'm about to know. What's your favorite artist? Musical artist? Musical artist, without a shadow of a doubt, British band Oasis. Very nice. Yeah. Always love those. Guys. Favorite album? Is it an Oasis album? Yeah. What's the story? Morning Glory. There you go. 
That's uh, 90s, no? It is 90s. It is a close tie, though, because there was another defining album where, you know, it was the summer of grade 10 going into grade 11, and all of a sudden this, like, you know, what they call gangster rap came out, and there was this one album that we couldn't stop listening to over and over and over again. Guy, like, Snoop Dogg, doggy style, what is that? We started listening <laughs> to that, and we had never yes. heard anything like that in our lives, right? Like, it was just... Snoop-a-loop. So that album, Doggy Style, is, like, also off the charts, like, for me, is, like, just one of the best. Snoop's still getting it in, eh? He's unreal. He's still doing it. <laughs> He's crazy, Snoop. Yeah. yeah. What is your dream car? You may have already driven it. You may be thinking about getting it. I'd love to know what it is. You know, I'm not, like, I'm not into, like, exotic cars or anything like that. I'll, I just love a good truck, a good, so, like, for me, probably, like, a Cayenne Turbo would be the way to go, a really nice Rover. Although I'm not like, I don't die to have that stuff, but if, you know, I wouldn't mind it. You have room, <laughs> you have yours to decide, I guess. I guess it's, uh, you didn't make your mind up. No, not yet. What are, what are the top three restaurants in Montreal? Any meal of the day? Like top three, top three. It could be a coffee place, could be mm -hmm. dinner, lunch, sushi, anything. I'm going to go with sort of, it's like a combo of what I think is great, brings nostalgia, has a connection for me. Um, so love, always have best friends for years. Beauties for breakfast Beauties. is like a no brainer because the food is awesome. The atmosphere, and the rice pudding, yeah, it's it. It's one of those unique places and they're like family to us. And it just, it's for me, I, every time I set foot in there, I feel so happy. And then along those lines, I'm really continuing on the sort of Jewishy theme. Number two would have to be Moishes. So along the same lines, it's the feeling you get when you walk in there. Uh, you know, you just feel it. It's always with family. It's always good times. You're leaving super full. You know you're eating that steak and that Monte Carlo and the pickles and the, the bread and that the slaw. I mean, oh, and then man. a millefeuille at the end and you are good to go. You get wine there or do you ever get the, uh, you know, they do bottle service for the uh, bottles of vodka. You ever do that there? No, we always do wine. Always do wine there. I do that with the boys. We always get like a nice bottle of Belvedere on the rocks with some soda while we're eating the steaks and the pickles and everything. And, and it's actually like a night, you know, you go out, you drink, you eat with the boys. Like, uh, I, l I love doing that. There. It's that place, right? It's just one of those spots. And then I don't know if it always was, but today. today. Yeah. And then um, big, big fans of Zante also. I don't know if you know Zante. Zante. Love downtown. Zante. Yeah, downtown. Sherbrooke and Peel, right near my... What are you getting? What are you ordering oh, there? Oh, my God. The, the zucchini chips and um, their shrimps. And get this. They probably have the best spaghetti meat sauce in town. I kid you not. Spaghetti meat sauce? At is a there, Greek uh, restaurant. Beef, veal, lamb, what is it? It's all, I think it's all beef, and it is so out of this world. It's made, still to this day, made by Costa's mother. Costa's the owner. His mom makes the spaghetti sauce. It's like a little-known secret. It's not on the menu. You got to know. You got to know, wow. right? It's one of those things. You got to know. That's good knowledge. Yeah, the kids love it. Everyone loves it. And it's, again, family. We walk in there. It's hugs. We do, we do our... 
Passover seders there. We did Rosh Hashanah there. Come this, you know, on. Oh, yeah. Passover and Rosh Hashanah. Love it. Costa blocks off the back for us. He made matzo oh, ball soup man. for us this year. It was no, he throw. didn't. Swear you gave him the matzo milk? My mom gave him a little lesson and he ran with it. Oh, my God. So for sure, this is this is your favorite over Milo's, eh? It's not even close. Not even close. This for is me. family. Not even close. Wow. I love that. I miss it, by the way. This is a big thing that I miss. Like, I don't mind. Working from home has been great. Uh, do, not having to meet, go to meetings and waste time driving around and doing all that stuff. I'm enjoying that. I'm missing the family restaurant outings, the friends restaurant outings. Just that's what I'm missing. Are you ordering in or not really? Doing a lot of that. Doing a lot a of lot that. A lot of ordering in. Yeah, at least once a week, sometimes twice. Okay, so now we have to ask, what are the, what are the top three uh, takeout? <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't really done anything like extraordinary, although we did that Mother's Day from Arthur's. Arthur's was genius for Mother's Day. They had this like kit that you bought, right? And I'm ashamed that I don't know what you're about to say. Oh, it was phenomenal. So I show oh, up no. at my mom's uh sunday morning and it's like a beautiful bag and you start taking things out they had so uh, like you know half a pound of locks beautiful locks and then four bagels from saint Vieter cream cheese um and then they had a liter of their famous uh, pancake batter with the instructions on how to make the pancakes to perfection so we made the pancakes and then it came with four latkes and salami and then it came with their famous uh, cookies with the sprinkles on it. And what else was there? There was, um, anyway, it, was it didn't end. It was just amazing. It was, oh, Eggs Benedict that you just had to reboil for a minute. Like it was, it was sick. So that was a lot of oh fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then we've been doing, been doing a, lot of the, a lot of the usuals, the Baton Rouge, the Marathon Souvlakis, the... Uh, to the house, Baton Rouge? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's NB- not bad. It's good. No, it came out good. NBG Burger, they've been killing it. They've been really good. And it's like on, on which app, these two? Uh, no, you know what? I've been going. I go. I pick up. I shoot the shit. I oh, walk you just in. call them up? Yeah, I call them up. They, you give them your card over the phone, and then you walk in. It's already paid for, so there's no touch. You grab it, and you're off. You, you know, I walked into NBG Burger. The owner was there. We were shooting the shit for a bit. He was telling me what's going on and how he's managing. And, uh, you know, you get nice to get a bit of lay of the land see how people are doing wow you know what i'm i'm having so much fun i have more questions i, I have to ask them we're we're going we're go, we're approaching 40 minutes in in a handful of minutes but you know what it's uh it's the most fun i've had in a while so we have to keep going a little bit more keep it going um th- top three travel destinations you know so i'm not like not like the crazy like travel adventure type guy but i do enjoy just my usuals and number one for me and it's it's boring and it's well it's not boring but it's nothing crazy as miami i need especially as a montrealer i need to get down there in the winter uh, this year i was fortunate enough before all this happened i think i got down three times and it made me very very happy <laughs> and so I mean, you know you know how i feel i know we're two snowbirds we love florida I mean, uh, there's no problem loving Florida. No Love way. it. It's nothing. It's quick. For me, like traveling is like, if it's quick, it's great. And if I can get to a warm destination in one of, in one of our ridiculous Montreal winters, just I'm happy. So that's top of my list. Any other warm destinations that are close? 
close by, you know, I do love LA. Been, you know, I've been going like to once a year for the last few years. Really, really like it. When, last time I went was last summer in the summer, and it was great. You know, Venice. I, there's something about these like beach towns that I just love. But obviously, you know, for me, the golden destination always. I love Tel Aviv. I think it is Tel just, Aviv, Habibi. <laughs> it is just a city unlike any other. I mean, you've got that beach, you've got those cafes, you've got the people who are, you know, so good looking. <laughs> so people watching 101. Best bread in the world, pita, hummus. The best. Everything is fresh. Everything, Everything is, you know, easy, easy going, no stress. And uh, yeah, so, you know, these places for me are, are the best. That's a good list. I like that list. Yeah. Happy to hear it. There's a bit of a theme there. Um, <laughs> I, f- I forgot to, uh, to double down on food. What are your top three dishes? Any cuisine, uh, an api, a main course, uh, anything, a dessert, like just three things you love to order. Mm. Love, love. Yeah, let's break it down. So apps, I love like the Greek, like the Greek apps. So be it the Greek salad, the, the crispy zucchini, that type of stuff. So anything of those like sort of Greek apps, I love, love, love that. Good start. Main, if I can, for me, it's a steak. A filet mignon, good fries. Butterfly or no? No butterfly. Medium, <laughs> medium plus. You know, I'm not like, I don't like rare. I'm not that kind of guy. It's got to be a little bit, still I like a little bit of brown around the edges, pink in the middle. Um, a good crispy fry. What happened if the, uh, if the salt bay guy sprinkled some salt on there? Would you backhand him across the face or you would, uh, you would allow the salt? Done. For me, this guy, he's done. Who's eating salt from someone's hands at this point? He's over. <laughs> this guy point. might as well wrap it up he's and done. call it a day. Tell him to Fall go home. for bankruptcy, salt bay, you're going home, bud. <laughs> Nobody wants anything from anyone's hands at this point, especially That's a that guy. Call. That's a good call. This guy's chapter 11 tomorrow. Done. He's done. Him, <laughs> him, Reitman's, and Aldo. Done. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and dessert. I love these, like, huge, like, French, like, paypal uh, du, they call it, or, like, bread pudding and that type of, like, where they take the bread and soak it in eggs and drizzle all sorts of... Um, the cabana souk stuff. Delicious maple syrup all over it. Yeah, the best one, by the way, in Montreal, Le Mayac. If you haven't had the pain paired zoo for dessert at Le Mayac, it is like in the best best dessert of life. Have you uh, perdu any teeth from all that sugar and maple <laughs> syrup or not yet? I've always enjoyed the sugar, but, but, and I, another thing that I'm missing a lot is I try and balance it with gym. Uh, so that's been tough these days. There's only so much Instagram uh, videos, gyms, free things that you can do, which uh, at some point gets a little bit frustrating. But uh, yeah. By the way, let's talk about the gym for one second, because pretty much if, if you break it down, that's where I saw you the, the most frequently. Mm-hmm. Going to have uh, Coach Jonathan Williams in my backyard uh, for some little circuits. I know you live nearby, so if you want to roll by and social distance workout for two seconds, going to I mean, that. that is, you, I need the details. That is not even a question. We'll talk offline, off air. Oh, my God. What a dream. What a dream. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen next week, next week, oh, week today. Dreaming. We'll chit-chat about the details. For sure. 
Um, so let's let's cap off. You started by by saying this. I love it. It's one of the the aspects that I respect and, and appreciate the most about you. You're a wonderful father of two, two amazing little girls. Um, you said you're primarily a father and then an entrepreneur. So I'm curious, your top activities, keeping the girls busy, keeping them giggling, having fun during these difficult, challenging times, some advice for the parents out there. And, uh, and then I'll call you up and we'll, we'll talk details from some of the other, uh, <laughs> some of the other stuff. <laughs> you got it. Um, look, it's been, it's not easy for the kids. That's what I always keep trying to remind myself, no matter how frustrating this gets, it's got to be really tough on them. You know, my, my girls are 10 years old and seven years old and they haven't seen their friends, uh, for more than, you know, 10 minutes at a distance of 10 feet or whatever it is. And so no matter how frustrating or how, whatever frustrated they may get and they, they show it, you know, as a parent during these times, I think you need to take a couple of breaths, realize that whatever you're going through, they're also going through and take a couple of breaths, let them be frustrated, let them get it out, but also let them, in my opinion, let them do what they need to do. My girls, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, they've been doing a lot of online school and that's going super well and they're adoring it. They love doing the online school, but I'm not worried. What's, what schools? They're at Akiva in Westmount. Perfect. And they're doing that and they've been really great about everything. So the girls are pretty much busy, I would say, you know, five hours a day doing their classes on Zoom and then doing their homework and then they get together with friends to do projects and all that. So it's been really, really good. Um, so when they are on their iPads or they want to watch YouTube or they're on the, I don't mind. I let them do it. And then they're always up for going to play outside. You know, we have the basketball net and got a badminton net now in the backyard. So we're doing all sorts of things to keep them active. Um, and I even took them on a jog. We started, we did one kilometer two weeks ago and now we're up to two kilometers and we're flying and they're loving it. And so, uh, nice. yeah, anything you can do to keep, keep them. And I'm trying to share interests. I think that's important also. So they want to be interested in the stuff that I'm interested in. And I want to be interested in the stuff that they're interested in. So I think that that's a key also. Good for you, man. What a lucky daddy. That's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. That's good. Good tips. But I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to start doing the two, uh, two K jogs yet. Too fast for that. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting hot out there. So that's getting a bit hard. But after Jonathan Williams, then we'll, we'll be back in business. Right on. <laughs> Um, so, so let's, uh, let's say goodbye for today. I really hope that we could follow this up with another episode in the future. Uh, it's, sure. it's, it's everything that, that I wanted out, out of the conversation. Um, super authentic. It's literally, you know, we're on the phone just like we always would be. Um, I, I can't wait for people to, to hear and, and learn from you and, and hear some of the stories and the journey and such a beauty, man. Thank you so much for, for doing this, for jumping on the podcast uh, wishing you and your family all the best. Take care of yourselves. Uh, do you have any uh, final, final comments? Thank you so much to you. This has been, like I started off by saying, it's an absolute honor to be chosen to be on this amazing podcast. And I can't thank you enough. I had an amazing time, like we always do. And I can't wait to be doing this face-to-face -face at uh, whatever restaurant we choose next. It's going to happen soon and you'll hear, uh, you'll hear the final product on Shabbos. All right. <laughs> Shabbos drop. Looking forward. Wait, last question. Last question yeah. before we say goodbye. Chunky Dunkies, did you get up at 6 a.m.? I got up. 
Didn't get him. Didn't get him. Didn't get him. It's Ugh. rough out there, man. It hurts, man. What size are you? Did you look on StockX how much it is? Nine, about fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> Mine's uh twenty six hundred bucks for size eleven. <laughs> what a drop. Hottest drop of the year for sure. There's another hot one coming next there's another hot one coming next week. Those Travis Scott two seventy. Oh yeah, 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 I like those with the pants, with yeah, the, the shirt, with the with the yeah, pockets. Those are looking those are looking fire. We're gonna try and get those. Uh you just spent some more money. <laughs> Thank you. So we're you know what we're gonna do an all sneaker episode next time. We didn't even get into it. You're such a sneakerhead just like me. It's one of the big things that brings us together and brings us close. So we're we're doing a follow-up. It's official. I'm in. To be continued, my brother, and I'll speak to you very soon. Looking forward. Do you like that? Was that a good interview? Did you have fun? Did you learn something? Did you giggle? Did you smile? I had so much fun. Thank you for listening to episode six of Behind the Founder podcast. I'm so jazzed up and ready to go. Two more of these beauty interview lined up. Next week, we're going to be getting a very special guest, another mentor, another brother, someone that I speak to almost every day. I admire so very much. Avi Glenna coming to you live out of Toronto is going to be jumping on episode seven. I cannot wait. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about chickens. Who knows what else is going to come up? You better be following us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, because we are going to be going deeper and deeper into real estate over the next few weeks. You're not going to want to miss this. But for now, everyone, take care of yourselves. Have an amazing weekend. Kill it. Enjoy the weather. Be careful. And God bless you. Until next time, Montreal. Peace.